0: My habits, my drinking habits were still very, very apparent. And actually, they probably heightened a lot more because I was trying to blank out this internal pain that I was feeling. And I thought, I can't leave the house. I don't know what to do. Um, I'm really confused and I'm a little bit scared. I wanted to help people feel. I wanted to help people feel joy as opposed to stress. You want to make socialise inclusive to everyone. Be you sober, sober curious or, you know, soberish.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Same Shit Different Brain Series 3. I hope you had a lovely Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. I had my first sober Christmas. I got through it. Yay! And it was fine. I got a little bit poorly, as did everyone. I hope you would manage to avoid the dreaded super bug, whatever the hell it was. But I managed to feel better for New Year, luckily, and going up to the Scottish Highlands for Hogmanay and my birthday. So, okay, the new. And in the words of Billy Connolly, There is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate clothing. Anyway, moving swiftly on, today I have Amy Proudfoot on the podcast. She is the founder of Sober Social and as you might have guessed from the name she brings people together in an alcohol-free environment to connect in her own words in a really conscious way and i'm really excited to see what they're doing around manchester i saw them pop up when i was working at a co-working space that amy was hosting an event and she talked me through Her story leading up to founding Sober Social from going to Australia and then going to live in a monastery in Italy and then going to Bali to do her yoga training and the personal transformation that she went through when she realized that she couldn't drink alcohol anymore for the sake of her own mental health. And she wanted to help other people to experience this positive change for themselves. Amy and I also both have ADHD so we spoke as well about our experiences with that and the particular effect that alcohol has on people with ADHD. If you're trying to do dry January then we have answered some questions that you may be having around that because I know it's difficult to take a break, like the conditioning around drinking is strong and it's something that can make you feel very lonely. I speak from personal experience and a big change like that doesn't happen overnight so it takes patience, perseverance, self-compassion, all of that. So I really hope this episode is useful for you and please send me a message if you have any questions or anything that you're struggling with around Jai January because it's been quite a few months this year now that I haven't been drinking for and I have gone through some of the pitfalls and overcome some really common challenges myself so I know how it feels and I am right there with you so you're not on your own. If you enjoy the episode please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or rate it on Spotify. Enjoy! (laughs) It's crazy
0: as well to think I mean I'm showing my age now but back when in my early teens I used to actually iron my hair iron it yeah put <laughs> the tea towel over it yeah, I literally <laughs> put my head on the ironing board with yeah. the towel, and oh
1: I just it's horrible isn't it wet. my friend used literally. to come around and we'd have the ironing board out doing that and my dad would be like what are you doing to your hair I wish we didn't <laughs> listen to him <laughs> who thought that
0: was a good look you know with the, it literally I had like the straightest oh, okay. lego hair known to man <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah how are you anyway how are things i'm good yeah just doing last few bits for christmas this week and then trying to slowly wind down how about you
0: well i'm actually living in a very beautiful spot actually i'm going to show you now um in todmorden it's only a temporary place
1: but can you kind of get a vibe oh my god that is perfection oh it's, my god that's gorgeous
0: yeah it's so good so I'm just taking a little bit of time out just to, to relax and be in nature at the moment yeah. which yeah. is super
1: healing oh, amazing
0: yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's
1: like the countryside outside of my window that is what I'm aiming for <laughs> I just I literally feel
0: like because I'm, I'm right on the top of a hill I feel like Rapunzel in her castle just like overlooking the valleys like yeah. I, I almost I'm just pretending that I'm in on holiday You know, it's pretty cool. But it's actually 20 minutes from here to Victoria Station in Manchester.
1: Yeah, it's quite easily accessible, isn't it? I know that, like, because it was like Hebden Bridge was all the rage, and then that got a little bit gentrified. Now everyone's talking about Todmorden, and that's the next place that everyone wants to go to. And I know a couple of people mm. have got there. Like, a couple of people have got it on their like goals to move to. It's Honestly, just, like, I think I've been like, it's like
0: hashtag influencers of Todmorden. Like, I've been <laughs> all over it over the past few weeks, and I think people are getting a bit sick of it on my Instagram now. But hey ho, <laughs> no, I don't. First thing I was going to ask you, is pretty simple, how's your day going today? So my day is going exceptionally well actually, Rebecca. To be honest, I just wanted to zoom out. I've been living in the city for literally a year and I feel like we're constantly rushing from one thing to the next. Life gets busy, it gets stressful and it's only when we take time to zoom out we can actually re-evaluate what is really truly important to us and what actually, what, what lights us up. And what's not working? And I, because I had literally just recently built my business, I feel like it's just going to be really, you know, impactful time for me to kind of take stock of what I want to welcome into the new year. And then in the new year, I'll probably move back to the city because that's where all my events are. But for now, I'm soaking it up. I basically feel like I'm living on the set of Emmerdale. It's great.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Um, Yeah. always so nice. Uh, Yeah, nature just inspires me so much so Mm why is
0: it nature's really healing I feel like sometimes we can be so up in our heads um as I said you know oh gotcha all we've all got busy lives and it's only when we take time to actually ground and bring our energy down into the earth not to sound woo-woo, but that's what I feel that nature does for me. And there yeah. is a thing called, you know, ecotherapy, green therapy, which is super therapeutic for helping us declutter our thoughts. It's really beneficial for your mental and, you know, emotional health. And it's, yeah. it's just even spending 20 minutes on any sort of green space, even a patch of grass outside your work office, you know, it has the same benefits it's just incredible and now I'm dr- drowning in green space but it is it's 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 incredible and you know I'm just gonna enjoy it whilst it lasts but I would definitely recommend ecotherapy or, or green healing to to anybody uh-huh. who feels like they need a bit to create a bit of space in their life I'm talking about being grounded you just fell on the floor <laughs> oh, right here we go into practice <laughs> Maybe leave that bit in. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, that'd be quite funny. <laughs> <sighs> oh, okay, guys, if you're listening, my phone just fell out of the phone holder onto the floor. Just talking about being grounded. I'm definitely feeling a lot gra- more
1: grounded now. <laughs> um Very good demonstration there. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's so true. Because I mean, it's even like on the NHS now, isn't it? Green social prescribing. They're doing trials and like allotments in around Manchester of like people volunteering to have that time in nature and being like green space someone goes to the doctor with depression obviously there's such pressure on the NHS this is going to be revolutionary I think it's going to be a a massive solution to help people not only get into communities and like out of the homes and among other people but like you're saying that time in a green space is just magic like and being outdoors
0: yeah yeah and you know paired with human connection it's an absolute powerhouse combination in helping us with our mental health you know we we need people to feel connected to ourselves to others yeah and we learn a lot from each other you know and we just all I think as humans we want to just feel understood and Mm. You know, when, when we're, we have these interactions with, with other humans and, you know, we, we're, we feel like we're part of a community, we almost feel like that sense of belonging. And it, and it yeah. just is massively mood promoting and, you know, it brings all types of the juicy benefits to the table. Um, but yeah, that's kind of why we created
1: what we created
0: at Sober Social. Um, and obviously yeah, I'll talk something. about that later
1: on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can move on to that now. Like, I, I'm dying to hear more about it. Um, it sounds absolutely brilliant. And I, if you want to start with what led you to start Sober Social in the first place and a bit of your backstory there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So
0: real deep story. I, I mean, we're talking sort of five years ago now and I was living a very different reality. I was 30 years old, um, living in Sydney, Australia. And I was actually backpacking at the time. I did my backpacking a little later on in life, but I definitely feel like it was the right time mm. for me. You know, I really appreciated it. I was definitely living the party lifestyle in Sydney, so to speak, and had done throughout my entire 20s. You know, I was very much work hard, play hard, working in sales. Parting back to back Friday and Saturday nights living for the weekend mm. and not having a lot of time for self-care I mean what was self-care I didn't really know I thought that was just having a shower to be quite honest <laughs> I didn't understand what it was and anyway when I got to Sydney I experienced a breakup mm. with a partner of four and a half years it was the first week that I was there and wow. let's just say there's a little bit of foul play
1: and you've gone over together and then that happened in the very first week. Yeah, I mean, wow. I, imagine getting on
0: the other side of the world with all this excitement and all these hopes and dreams of travelling the world with your partner and then all of a sudden, it, you know, that happens. And it's oh God. obviously very, it's a, it's a life-changing thing to, to occur. And yeah. essentially, you can either go home or you can stay and try and make the best of it which is what I did and I was absolutely yeah. broken but I was like okay I don't have any friends I don't have yeah to, to live I don't have you know a job I need to try and piece all my life together so I did it in the best way I could and I did a cracking job to be quite honest with you you know I started a job working in Sydney as a PA to the client director at a company called Maya which is the equivalent of a department store over in the UK yeah uh, you know like Debenhams or or Mark's Spencer so but I'm gonna call myself a flashbacker definitely wasn't a backpacker back- you know I was um, I was living the life <laughs> and I was earning a decent wage but my habits my drinking habits were still very very apparent and actually they probably heightened a lot more because I was trying to blank out this internal pain that I was feeling yeah and, um yeah essentially our our bodies are you know very well oiled machines until we abuse them and I do vividly remember I took a little bit of time out from drinking I think after a year of really hitting it hard not a lot of time to self-care I wasn't eating you know I had this real sort of self what's the word for it I I didn't have a very good body image essentially at at the time and I think I weighed around seven stone so yeah it, it was it was a really sort of toxic cycle that I was in where I was drinking and I was not eating and I remember I wanted to take some time out I said to my friends enough's enough I've been hungover for a year and all I want to do is just enjoy Sydney. I'd just been told actually that Friday before the weekend that they weren't, the company I was working for weren't going to sponsor me because they were going through some kind of departmental change, which I was kind of like, oh my god, you know, I've made this life in Sydney, I've got to go home now, and I'm coming home with no boyfriend, people are going to be asking questions, there was just a lot. So Anyway, I went to the beach for the weekend and I was just with my friends, chilling out on the beach. And then all of a sudden, boom, and I just started having panic attacks and I couldn't wow. stop. And I didn't know what was happening to my body. I thought I was dying. I'd never experienced anything like it. Mm. And I genuinely thought I was having a heart attack and I just didn't know what to do. Anyway, the ambulance came and the paramedic looked at me and he, went, he said, you have agoraphobia so you need to go home I was like I don't I'm in Australia you know this is I'm a long way from home I don't really know what to do so anyway these panic attacks continued and I was petrified as soon as I got indoors into my apartment it just completely subsided and I thought Oof, that was close like I don't know what happened there
1: but I don't want that to happen again I assume in Australia as well, you'd spend a significant amount of time outdoors. I and mean, is that the first time you'd sort of experience that? Is agoraphobia something that can just come on really suddenly at any time?
0: Well, I think it kind of gets a lot deeper than that. So, yeah.
1: I I, I um,
0: essentially googled what agoraphobia was and it's essentially where you have a fear of like outdoors or generally people and, and just being in right. social environments and I thought well that's not true because I'm inside right now and I'm speaking to my friends and I feel fine yeah but um, I went to the doctors they didn't really know what to do with me they gave me sleeping tablets so I because I couldn't walk around oh uh, in fact I'm, I'm skipping a little bit so anyway I woke up the next morning, ready for work on a Monday, feeling rather fresh, a little bit freaked out by what happened the night before. Yeah. But anyway, I ran downstairs, opened the door and bam, happened again. And I yeah. thought, I can't leave the house. I don't know what to do. Oh,
1: no. I'm
0: really confused and I'm a little bit scared. Mm. So I just rang my friend and he said look come to my place get an uber and everything's going to be fine when i got there we went to the doctors together i still couldn't stop having panic attacks it was just my body was stuck it was literally stuck and the doctor he prescribed me with loads of sleeping tablets i was basically for the last two weeks of my entire time at sydney completely sedated and I used to actually walk around with no contact lenses in so that I couldn't see anyone because the fear was so great.
1: Wow.
0: Anyway, when it was time to go home, I just had this immense feeling of relief that washed over my body. If you can imagine, you know, being on the other side of the world and and just thinking about being home with your family, it was just a really nourishing thought to me. And I just couldn't wait to be after. Anyway. When I got home, I remember coming up to my mum's house and I saw her for the first time in four and a half years. And I was just like, wow, this is just amazing. Oh and as I got closer to her, I realised I just couldn't speak. I, I couldn't be around her even. And it was just wow. awful. Someone, I mean, I am so close with my mum. She raised me single-handedly from the age of 10. and she was my rock throughout my entire life and I couldn't even connect with her or my brother and it was just really upsetting Um, and luckily I mean I've always been one of these people that have just got on with it you know I've been I'm really positive and uplifting and now these days I definitely do the work and I realize that that isn't sometimes how life goes and I'm very balanced but back then I was just like everything's positive everything's good so to experience that real extreme polarity and have this new you know sort of you're in surviving mode right now and you have to learn to cave and not be this big ball of energy and you you, ha- you have to basically be sad for a while. That that was a, a completely new experience to me. So I was absolutely dead set on getting better. Yeah. And I like to use the car analogy for talking about how we can look after ourselves, you know, and, and, and how things can, can kind of break unexpectedly. It's just like having a car, right? And imagine you have a Lamborghini <laughs> if we're dreaming here. You oh, know, the external God. car can look great, But if internally, you know, the pistons aren't changed, the oil's not changed, you've got no petrol, it's going to be pretty damn difficult to navigate that car just like a body, Mm. you know, and I essentially wasn't able to function in day to day life. I had to learn to do everything for the first time because my brain didn't trust me that everything was safe. It Mm. thought, I'm not safe and I need you to to reprogram this or do something about it. I started to exercise. I started to eat well, you know, I started to nourish myself more as opposed to starving myself and welcome more positive influence into my life, reading personal development books. And yeah, I, I don't know if anyone out here has, has read Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, anyway by Susan Jeffers. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. Oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely incredible. That book changed my life. And I honestly read it when I was kind of a little bit desperate. We were three months into the agoraphobic state. I was living on my mum's futon and I thought life has got to be better than this. You know, mm. I'm ready to just give up, really. Um, I'd tried everything, it got a little bit better, my symptoms, but I just needed to do something extreme. And Susan Jeffers talks about the healing benefits of exposure therapy and how when we ignore the little voice in our brain that tells us oh it's not safe and you're in danger and and just actually doing it anyway and feeling that fear and I thought well I'm li- living in fear constantly what's the difference you know I might as well just go for it and I thought yeah. okay what's the one thing in this world that scares me the most I mean apart from going to the shop to get a pint of milk that scared me in itself but what is the biggest fear that I have and I thought well it's got to be solo traveling right So I did a little bit of a a crazy thing and I booked a one way ticket to Italy. And I don't know what I was thinking at the time. And I didn't really have a solid plan, but I just booked the ticket. I remember on the morning that I went, I was obviously petrified and I got on the plane. I I was obviously trying so hard to to, to tap into my breathing. And and at this point, I'd actually learned how to meditate which at the time I just thought was breathing in and out and I wasn't really well versed in it. (laughs) But oh my goodness, it was the catalyst for change, I would probably say, throughout my entire journey. And that did help me slightly. But yeah, the plan was that I went to Italy and I was volunteering in this beautiful 400 year old Tuscan villa on top of a mountain in Tuscany. And family renovate their beautiful home and they lived off the land they grew all their own fruits and vegetables they showed me how I can heal myself essentially so I was in the best place imaginable and it was like my sanctuary I found real peace and healing at this place and the family they were um, a family of two so it was Paolo who was the the father and then the daughter Sylvia and they spoke I would say broken English but we had a little cultural exchange where they would teach me how to you know dig the crops and plant all the seeds and do some uh, propagating and all that sort of stuff in the garden and then I would teach them English. Oh Uh, it
1: sounds so wholesome and nourishing I can imagine that must have felt incredible after experiencing all of that and feeling unable to go outside.
0: Yeah. And I think as well, just to kind of reflect on my time in England over those three months. Yeah. Whenever you go away traveling and you come back, I feel like you always need to find your tribe. And over the four and a half years, my tribe were doing very different things to to well, not different things, but my 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 tribe from four and a half years ago, essentially they enjoyed to drink just like I used to do. So For me to get involved with any of that was just an impossible dream. I just wouldn't even think about it because the anxiety the next day would be extremely heightened. So I just felt very held and very connected and and very much like I was in the place I needed to be at that time with the right people Mm. who were going to help me create the life that I wanted to help me get out of this rut that I'd fallen into. Anyway, I was in Italy, to cut a long story short, for three months. And I definitely healed a lot. I came home to England, and I realized that through my healing journey, I kind of was a little bit different now. And I went to get a job back in corporate because I thought, well, I can do this. You know, it's it's just going to be the same as before. Um, I, you know, I, I've got all the skill set, but I realized when I got to corporate that there were the cracks. I noticed that you know people had these um the same it's just the same cycles that I I was in myself when I worked in corporate and there's no right or wrong but I just noticed there were certain cracks and I just really wanted to do something about it I really wanted to help and I was just like okay well with what I've gone through over the past year surely my whole life should be dedicated to giving now and trying to help people through my experience not go through what I went through I want to try and save you that time. Like, let's just cut that out, you know. So what I did was I got my personal training qualification, and I was working actually in sales, mm. making 120 calls a day. <laughs> I had in lockdown, wow. crazy. And um, actually, when I my mental health at that point was not great. I think through mm. COVID we all experienced some adversity, you know, to some degree, essentially. And for me. I you know was struggling with my mental health but I had all the tools in my toolbox to make me help me overcome it Mm. so you know in the morning I'd wake up and I'd just think oh not another day of this not surely but then I'd tap into the breath and I would use meditation to help quieten the mind to help slow down my breathing to help gain clarity of mind and just help prepare me for the day and to help me feel more energized and have the self-confidence to carry through and do what I needed to do. Invitation mm. was really powerful. Movement again, going for runs just in the morning, 20 minutes is all I needed to help me feel elevated and to to give me that self confidence to to do what I needed to do and to to beat depression essentially, because that was what could have happened if I, I went and continued down this route of of you know being in this very toxic role. At, mm. at, you know, where I was. So I was working full time. And I was also learning how to become a personal trainer, I passed my personal training qualification. And then I was training clients, we were out of lockdown, and life was good again. So I was extremely happy to have had this new opportunity to to give back. And I then started my own coaching practice. And what I'd realised was that, you know, Externally, people needed help, but also there was large portions of people's lives that were also untouched. You know, as human beings, we're 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 made up of energy, right? And you know, we have emotions that are running through our body. And essentially, whenever something happens, we get an emotion from that. And we're actually addicted to emotions as well, as human beings, you know, excitement, joy, happiness, nostalgia. We want to feel. And I wanted to help people feel, I wanted to help people feel joy as opposed to stress and disappointment and sadness because exercise, you know, it, it helps with that temporarily, but what about what's really going on inside, you know, and, and, and uncovering those layers. And, and that's what I found throughout my healing journey to, to really be, the turning point in creating long lasting change as opposed to just a quick fix mm. so yeah just actually tapping helping my clients look at another perspective of health and fitness and and diving into the meditation and the breath work was really powerful and that's when I created my holistic training business and I learned a lot Actually, I learned more from the people that I was training than, than the books that I was reading. It was just incredible. And I had the best team of clients. And I went to Bali. I did my yoga teacher training. I came back and realized that I needed to redefine my brand and my mission. And actually, if I just rewind a little bit to when I was in Bali, I could have stayed in Bali at the time. I had lots of online clients and I was living the life. You know, I was sipping coconuts on the beach I was absolutely living the dream I had online clients it was just like you know the typical Instagram highlight reel so to speak um but I did a lot of deep healing when I was in Bali as well and I uncovered a lot of trauma that was you know present in my body we have a fire actually that runs on the outside of uh, the inside of our body it's like a sheath really of, of muscle and whenever we breathe into certain parts of our fascia the fascia stores emotion we can actually unlock that emotion and it can cause releases within the body which is healthy if it's contained in the right way so throughout my yoga teach training you know I was in Bali for a month I was just unlocking all of this trauma and having all this deep healing and having all these breakthroughs and I thought oh my goodness I need to do something a lot more impactful than what I'm doing right now like I need to help people on a bigger scale how can I do that Yeah. And that's when I created the idea in my head that I wanted to kind of do. I'm not too sure what I I think that I needed to do, but it was more about helping people on a bigger scale. That's all I needed to know at that time and helping people with their mind, body and soul. Now, I had a really, you know, good sort of setup when I was in Bali and the thought of coming back home scared the life out of me. I didn't have anywhere to live. I didn't have a job. I just had my online clients and I didn't want to continue training them because I needed to start this new venture, essentially, and I didn't have anywhere to train them from face to face. You know, I just didn't have anything in the UK and I made the decision to just go anyway and I flew back. I slept on my friend's blow up bed for three weeks and I lived very simply. And this wasn't that long ago. This was literally six months ago. (laughs) Yeah. So Sober Social started from very humble beginnings, but I realized actually what was missing in my life when I wanted to go through my healing journey was conscious activities, conscious connection and connecting to ourselves and connecting to others and creating a healthier environment to relationship build. Because these days, if you want to go and meet anyone, it's just speaking, meeting them in the pub or meeting them at a bar or something orientated around alcohol, which, you know, at this point in my healing journey, I just wasn't really prepared to do. because I was done for that with the hangover life. Like, <laughs> I feel, you know, hangovers for days on end. Um, if if I ever drank, I mean, I I wasn't completely sober at that time. I am now. And I have been for the past two months. And I've, I feel incredible. And, you know, sober social isn't always about you know, if you wanted to, to, to come to a sober social, you have to be sober. It's not what it's about. We want to make socialising inclusive to everyone. Be you sober, sober curious, or, you know, soberish. Maybe yeah. sometimes you don't. This is a place for, for people to meet like-minded people who want to do something good for themselves and have a heap load of fun in the process. And Sober Social essentially was created our first event was at Colony in the centre of Manchester, which was a yoga and movement event. And we completely sold out, which was incredible because it was just an idea, you know, on a blow up bed. And then yeah. a community of people who would, I, I mean, I remember at one point during the evening, I stood there and I looked around I was like, this is so social. <sighs> These people are talking to each other and they're laughing and they're having a good time and actually that evening we had the event booked out till half past eight and we were there till 11 o'clock
1: wow yeah
0: people didn't want to leave
1: (laughs) they were just so good yeah I'm not surprised I spotted a lot of people that I knew there as well like a lot of crossover with kind of like paths that I've crossed and the work that I've been doing and yeah I know you had some amazing speakers and people attending and things like that
0: yeah amazing and and you know how sober social works because it's it you know it just sounds like really a big sober gathering but it's a lot more than that we want to create a culture of openness through the power of storytelling because what I've found throughout my life is stories heal and that be telling a story to someone directly or maybe they know somebody who that story could help a family member a friend a work colleague that story is unique to you. No one else has that story. Out of about 7 billion people in the world, how incredible is that? And, you know, you might think to yourself, well, my story isn't important, but it is, it really is. It might be that, you know, you struggled with a uni assignment and, you know, you went you were under stress at one point, but you always, you know, experienced that, that issue and you came out the other end, maybe stronger, maybe not, but it's just having that story and letting someone else know that they are understood because they will resonate with that. And there is so much power in storytelling. And that's why with pretty much all of the socials that we throw, we have a panel of incredible wellness professionals and also friends of mine, very carefully selected. (laughs) Um, You know, they're they're really, really dear to my heart. and, And they will have a personal story to tell and we'll talk about an important topic whether that be mental health related whether that be to do with you know educational pieces on mind and body connection it could be absolutely anything but we make it really relative to the wellness experience that follows so we will then have a wellness experience based on that it could be yoga it could be movement it could be meditation drumming workshops nature walks absolutely anything and with the wellness activities they all cover every aspect of mental physical emotional and spiritual health Mm -hmm. and afterwards we have a big party to celebrate (laughs) and it generally includes mocktails running around barefoot sometimes (laughs) to record. Quite honest, people just get a little bit busy. And you know, we have a DJ, we have healthy food, we've got all types of delicious, healthy snacks available. But the most important part of Sober Social is the people. It's being created by the people for the people. It was created by myself, who has experienced difficulties with her mental health. You know, and I understand why we follow the patterns that we do within life and what's needed in order for us to experience more of this joy and I kind of just give people the cup if they want to take a little sip and then give it right back that's cool but if they really want to you know incorporate this into their everyday life we have this beautiful community you know you can fill that whole cup you can drink it all and you can be within this beautiful community of people who really care about each other you know we support each other and encourage each other's growth. You know, we uplift each other when we're not feeling so great, and we're we're here to kind of inspire and motivate and educate you on all aspects of wellness, whatever that looks like to you. Maybe it resonates with you, maybe it doesn't. But we put on so many different types of events that we just want to cater to everyone, and we just want to give people a space to have happiness without the hangover. That sounds so cheesy, but it's true. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, just to meet people just like them and make socialized and inclusive for everyone because everything is super centralized around alcohol these days I mean when I was working in sales we'd get a alcoholic reward for absolutely any anything you know if you didn't do so well one week it'd be like oh let's go to the pub and drink if we wanted to celebrate our success let's go to the pub and drink like that is the the reward for every single emotion that we feel within our lives so essentially that gets ingrained into our subconscious and that we then believe that that is the way to be when actually there is a cool alternative and it is socializing in a conscious way and and not needing that alcohol to as a a social lubricant essentially to to break down barriers you know you can use wellness as a lubricant to do that
1: yeah it just goes hand in hand doesn't it and it's like it's no judgment because it's I mean big alcohol it's like Big business, isn't it? It's like the conditioning that we've all had. It's not even the way people have been raised. It just is an expectation of once you become an adult, you're automatically opted into drinking. And if you opt out of it, it's assumed that you have a serious problem. And, you know, some people there might be a problem as in a big mental health impact but some people might just be choosing to opt out of it because they prefer not to but this it's like this gray area isn't it I think a lot more people now are sober curious or choosing just a different way of life and it's kind of not understood I don't think it's always like you can't handle alcohol if you don't want to drink it or you're an alcoholic all these labels and it doesn't have to be that way it's just happier without it (laughs) I completely agree. And I feel like as well, people are
0: scared of being almost, you know, you get so, you get so many different labels, you know, you're boring, why are you not drinking, are you weirdo, what's, Mm -hmm. and and almost like we have this shame that if we don't drink, then we're not going to feel accepted. And, you know, essentially, our ancestors, we lived in tribes, and that's how subconsciously we're programmed to be part of a community and when we don't feel like we're accepted or understood and we feel judged then it hurts us internally so we there, therefore you know follow the crowd and yeah. it's peer pressure I feel like to drink we just want to be like everybody else so we feel that resonance oh, So
1: definitely. yeah I mean I started um going sober in like June and I did about 100 and something days went on holiday and had the odd glass and I was just like I thought I was going to be like, oh yeah, I've missed this. And I was a bit worried that I was going to like it again too much. But actually I went back to it and I was just like, I don't know what the big deal was. This is just a bit, it's not what I thought it was. Like The feeling of, I was kind of interested as an experiment as well. I was like, what would being tipsy feel like now after all these months? That I'd never had in my life, I'd never had a break that long. And it just felt a bit, I was like, oh, no, no, I don't like going <laughs> in my head. Now yeah. it's been like two and a half months again. And I feel like I've, as much as I've broken all the dependence or conditioning or whatever it is or actual craving, I don't get that, but I still really struggle with feeling like I don't fit in with it and even though I know so many other people are doing this it can feel very lonely and I think it is tied to that fear of rejection isn't it which is linked to a fear of death because you essentially we want to be validated we want to feel like we exist but that's the hardest part of it I think like every time I go on a night out don't crave a drink but I'll just think oh god what are they going to think of me now not drinking again shall I just do it shall I just stop this like it's only a little of and I don't do it but it's It is stressful, (laughs) one hundred percent, and especially during the
0: festive period, you know. Yeah. There's a lot for us to spend time with friends and family. Mm. Essentially, you know, you might not want to drink, and we kind of get almost roped into doing it because of the expectation, you know, of it being Christmas, and that's when people tend to to accentuate that even more, and it can actually lead to quite a lot of loneliness.
1: Yeah.
0: Everybody around us socializing with friends and family and yeah I, f- I feel like you know we are prone to loneliness over the festive period just because there is a lot of pressure to drink and you know we can go on Instagram we see friends and family spending time with each other they're having a great time and you probably if you are kind of on a soberish journey or you're not wanting to drink at all it's just that sort of little silent moment that you have to yourself where you're like oh you know I wish I was having fun but I, I just don't want to just don't want to drink and and just not knowing what to do and and in effect feeling loneliness from that so it's just you know double ending sword really
1: (laughs) yeah it is I mean my when I was still drinking my hangovers were so bad that they were making me lonely anyway so this is just a story like that we tell ourselves like oh it feels lonely not to drink but I'm so much happier and I can't tell you like how full of joy I feel the next morning after a night out now knowing that I haven't lost that day like my hangovers were getting so bad my body was just rejecting it even when I wasn't drinking that much I was being very sick I didn't used to be sick as much as I was and then I was just having real low periods with hangovers where I just beat myself up and I would just have really sort of depressed thoughts and I just thought this is not it at all like life is I love life and I love living but when I feel hungover and I feel so low I feel like life's a bit shit and that's not what I want to choose going forward.
0: Yeah it's so true and then when we do feel shit we want to reach for more things that will bring us up and we think the answer is more alcohol or overeating or more time on social media to try and gain validation and try and gain some comfort and connection or maybe it's you know getting involved in toxic relationships that really aren't good for us it could be absolutely anything but I feel like our judgment is somewhat impaired when we are hungover or when we're under the influence of alcohol and we feel, feel like we need to feel complete in some way or we're lacking in some way and that's when these little negative sort of toxic habits can can slip in you know
1: exactly yeah and then you sort of hide yourself away from the world anyway so that makes you more lonely than if you chose something that feels a bit different but is essentially much better for you and your mental health um and like it's no judgment like you said even if people are just choosing to now and again have a break or now and again have a night out without it like that's a start like that can be a seed for people to realize like we can connect with each other without being drunk because We talk to people all day long without being drunk, do you know what I mean, when we're going out and about. But when it comes to a night out or like an official sort of session of socialising, whatever whatever that might look like, it's intrinsically tied with drinking. It doesn't make any sense. I think a lot of people are realising that.
0: And I feel like as well, the reason why people drink is because they need a release. So like they've been working or some people might not enjoy their jobs or they might have a personal life that isn't, you know, fulfilling them in some way or it might be stressful or overwhelming. And as an escapism, people tend to drink because it's instant gratification, instant stress relief. You know, literally there's no putting on your yoga pants and, and driving to the yoga studio and going through all that. It's just like an instant gratification, pour a glass of wine, done. You yeah. feel instantly de-stressed.
1: That was me. Yeah, that's what I always, that was my like escape on my way to relax because I had no idea how to relax in my mind and slow my brain down. I mean, I realised this year that ADHD had a lot to do with that. So it made it even more essential that I found other ways to relax and to self-regulate
0: yeah yeah I mean I I actually do suffer with ADHD myself um it's something that I'm working on but sometimes I can go into these hyper focus modes where I do not speak to anyone eat or drink for hours on end and I can just be fixed on one particular thing and even through my wellness journey it's still there you know and I just have I'm out to pull myself away. It's like a real, like, obsession, like, really yeah. point where I'll literally look at the clock. I'll be sat at my desk. It's 7 p.m., completely pitch black dark. I'll be like, I've not eaten all day. Yeah. I've eaten anything all day. And
1: that is pressure in the- your mind, isn't it? For like a extended period. And it's not the same as like being in flow, because I know what that feels like. Say, like, if you're doing something like drawing or painting, I get into a period of flow and that's more relaxed high focus it feels so tense in your body isn't it but it's like no I can't stop I can't stop I'll just get it done I'll just get it done you can't think about anything else yeah. find it really hard to break away and then yeah just skip meals which is not like me and I've only has only got worse since I've started working for myself from home I never used to do that When I worked for someone else, because I would have those marked out breaks throughout the day, like lunchtime by the clock, I would have my lunch because I would want to break away from my desk and whatever I was doing. Yeah, it's almost like you need that
0: accountability and that
1: that discipline for for an external
0: person to say, actually, hey, we're gonna do this now. But when you you, you're keeping yourself accountable, you can do whatever the hell you like, you know. Take charge and be in the driver's seat, and it's just about quite in the mind and, and bringing it back to the present and meditation is a huge factor of, of doing that for me um, and I feel like with with hyper focus mode it's almost like your energy is like everything is up here like in your in your temples and your head and it's almost like yeah. you, you again you know everything's just almost like a, a, a virtual reality and you kind of zoom out from everything around you nothing else exists apart from yeah. that one task completely And yeah, just literally just a little exercise for anyone out there that is experiencing uh, experiences ADHD, just literally putting your feet on the earth or even people actually that experience overwhelm, you know, it can it can help with that. And and literally just imagining your feet on the earth and just Mm -hmm. close eyes, just taking three deep inhales and exhales and then just imagine roots spurting into the earth. And it sounds very woo woo, but it works. Um, And just imagine it traveling all the way down, 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 down to the core until you can see a white light, wrap your roots around that white light and let the roots have the white light travel all the way up, 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 up to your feet, traveling all the way up your feet, all the way through the knees, the glutes, the torso, the arms, all the way up the neck into the top of the head. And then just think in your head, higher self, ground me. And then all of a sudden you start to feel relaxed because you've shooted that energy down. So by just taking that time and diverting the uh, the attention and the focus down to your feet, you actually feel a lot more grounded and, and, and clear. So, yeah, that kind of helps me.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a really good one. Thank you. I mean, they should be teaching this in school, shouldn't they? You know, like people shy away from it if they think things are like spiritual, but it's essentially just a the really practical self-regulation techniques that help people manage their emotions from childhood growing up if that happened a lot more wow there'd be a lot less problems in the world i think
0: we need to institutionalize you know uh, heal, healing and and well even just like life coping mechanisms essentially like meditation yeah. being an incredible thing to to bring into schools and i think at one some point in my life i'll, I'll try and you know get to that that point <laughs>
1: potentially but we'll just have. Yeah. To see. I was going to ask you and um, what's the most rewarding aspects of starting sober social so great question I would say just bringing people together
0: in a healthier environment and just seeing the joy on people's faces when they are building authentic relationships and they're connecting mm. not under the influence of alcohol and it's just it's just flowing and people are genuinely radiating joy like that for me just seeing those connections happening is pure bliss and I just feel like that is the biggest blessing that I could potentially have within my business is is, is seeing people so just so social that's it you know it's quite, quite simple
1: yeah I can imagine it's an amazing thing that you're doing like it's just I've, I've read a few books this year on sobriety and um, a lot of female in books and I've read about these movements that are happening like in the US and like even in New York Brooklyn they have all these cool startups now around socializing sober and I thought wow we need more of that in the UK there weren't any that I knew of and then when I discovered you I think I've came across you because I happened to be co-working in the same space one day and yeah, I was like, yeah this is going to be massive this is what's needed definitely um,
0: yeah and we um we have some really I mean we've been doing a lot of planning in the background and we've got some yes. really events coming up for 2023 Brilliant. which incredible yeah we're really excited about them um, and we just want to just build the community we've actually got a free nature walk happening on year's eve morning at sail water park and um, we want to invite as many people as possible would love to have you there rebecca
1: <laughs> i'm gonna be in scotland i'm gutted that i'll miss
0: this oh, really yeah. you did tell me before but, but yeah if anyone wants to come down it's just a, just a free ramble really free social and we just want to you know build our beautiful community and help people connect that's like it, it.
1: And what would you tell anyone else that's thinking of doing either dry January or continuing past dry January and they're, they're done with alcohol altogether, whatever stage they're at, but they feel like they have a worry that they'll lose their social life, essentially, or it will be impacted in some way?
0: Yeah, really good question. I would say just to take little baby steps and be kind to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Feel like generally speaking having the, the 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 self-awareness to even recognize that you are living a different reality to the people that are close around you is just an incredible step in itself and at some points you may feel moments of weakness but it's just about recognizing that that is normal and you know we, we are so heavily conditioned to want to live in in tribes and be surrounded by people that support us that we we, we might even want to you know to to be tempted you know but it's it's about recognizing that and, and knowing that it's normal and and just staying in in your truth and and knowing that what you're doing is an incredible thing and you will essentially naturally gravitate towards you the people that are meant to be in your life you know you can find these sorts of people that meetup groups I don't know if you've heard of the app meetup but that is an incredible yeah. people and do stuff with people if you don't have a tribe or a crew to do to do it with you know you can go to the cinema you can go to little sushi nights there are so many different you know really fun activities that you can do on there but obviously you know so social in itself is a really uplifting community of, of people that just want to do you know something good for themselves but I would just say find your tribe And then naturally your life will start to get better from there. And it's easier said than done because it's like, well, how do I find my tribe? But, you know, maybe sober social could be for you. Who knows? But I would just generally say take little baby steps Um, self-awareness again and being able to create that self-awareness through the power of the breath. Um, but also just checking in doing a lot of journaling and trying to decop I, I can never say this word so I'm not going to say it. I was trying to say decop or but that's not a word. oh yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, trying to, just trying to like um depict your own brain and find out why are you feeling the way you're feeling maybe you feel frustrated that you know you you, you do feel a little bit lonely and and that's okay Um, I think it's just about you know reaching out and being honest with ourselves as well about how we're feeling and yeah I think naturally things will just work out. It's just about like having patience and belief that everything will work out as it should.
1: Yeah, I think the self compassion is really important because I know when I was I went through maybe like a year of being sober curious and um, just trying to moderate and it didn't really work for me not because I I couldn't stop drinking I was quite happy having one or two but every so often if it was a social occasion and I ended up getting drunk just to join in then I would really beat myself up thinking why was I so weak I know that I don't like getting drunk and I would feel terrible the next day and other people have said it to me as well when I've posted about it being like oh I tried to stop and then I just started drinking again like I'm just I can't I can't do it and then I beat myself up but it's like with AA, it's like a really strict model that they have of mm-hmm. like one day at a time, and you have to start from day one if you have a drink again. And it's too much for people. Like, you're not going to get people on board that way, I don't think. Like, people are never going to be kind to themselves if they're beating themselves up over going and having a drink again, which is understandable because it's really powerful with the conditioning to have one. And it's a really easy, like, shortcut to decompress, de stress. But it's just short-lived; it doesn't last, and you're not empowering yourself yeah. to manage your own mental health or physical health. And I, I, I think as well, just congratulation congratulating yourself
0: on the fact you actually showed up for yourself and said, "No more. I yeah. want to do different. I want to improve my mental health. I mm. want to live a healthier lifestyle." is just an incredible achievement in itself. So just always revisiting that, I feel, is a way to build success you know just constantly remind yourself of the wins and that will essentially build your self-confidence and it will kind of gravitate you towards a path that you're meant to be on naturally
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely I think like for me I'm really glad that I had those last few like hangovers that I could remember because even though they were horrible I remember those and I'm like oh my god like I don't want to go back to feeling the way that I felt and feeling that way about life and about myself and it just makes you stronger each time like we have to look at failure so-called failure if you want to call it that as something that's absolutely essential when you're trying to make a big change like how could you do it without that
0: absolutely and and you know what I'm going to be really honest when I came back from Bali I actually drank a little bit um maybe five months ago because I've been sober for so long I didn't understand what it felt like I I couldn't resonate with what it felt like to be and to get into the head of my client how am I meant to talk from first-hand experience when I've been sober for so long you know It, it didn't feel authentic so I did get drunk a little bit and wow it was a shock to the system I definitely wouldn't go back personally but it was probably one of the most the most beneficial things that I did for my business because I was able to you know redefine my message and and really really reach out to the people that I needed to help. So yeah, there you go. <laughs>
1: yeah you can get complacent otherwise can't you like for me when I went back to it it had been a while and I was like oh was it really a problem? Could I just like have a bit and moderate and then I was just like no I I was really happy with what I was doing. And it's actually easier to make one decision just to quit than to like the science behind it, and like the mental energy that it actually uses to keep making those micro decisions every time you go out, like how many shall I have? Shall I just have one? Shall I just have two? That drains your energy and it's just a waste. As,
0: as well as your bank balance.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is the one thing that you would tell the younger Amy? Ooh, that's a really good question. I would probably say, that
0: if I was to look at the younger Amy now I'd say you are enough you don't need alcohol to try and be this certain person in your head that you think you need to be in order to fit in you're enough as you are just show up exactly as you are that's authentic and that's real to you and you will essentially attract the life that you want through that and yeah I would just say you're enough you don't need anything else to to add on to. The fact that you're already enough, you're already enough exactly as you are, regardless of your job, regardless of the friends you have, regardless of, you know, what you consume, what you wear, the house that you have, anything. You are enough exactly as you are. And um, just recognising that, I think, is powerful.
1: Mm, it's massive. It's it's so powerful tapping into that younger self and talking to them as sort of like almost in a parental way like I I said something really similar actually I was on a podcast and I was talking about this and I said you know I'm enough without alcohol I mean I think obviously when we're growing up like you say we use it as a coping mechanism but I remember things like a guy told me when I was younger that I had a better personality when I was drunk Mm. and I think about things like that now and I just think god no like Just don't listen to that. Like we are enough. We don't need to numb ourselves, essentially. We are better when we feel everything, when we express ourselves. Yeah. And
0: I feel like as well, if I was to actually reflect on why I drank alcohol, it was to feel more confident, but also to gain to speak to that certain person who may intimidate me as in, you know, male wise, if I wanted to try and date. If I wanted to see more fun, if I wanted to, you know, just lose my inhibitions a little bit more and loosen up. You know, these are the sorts of reasons why I would drink. But essentially, if you're not able to be in an environment authentically, then you probably shouldn't be there.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And maybe maybe not shouldn't be there, but maybe look at doing um something else that would nourish you and support you as opposed to you know trying to fit in with everyone else's expectation of what fun is and yeah.
1: Yeah, confidence is a big one because for me, I did like confidence training this year, I was really determined to get more confident in myself. And I hadn't even tied this in like with the alcohol thing really, but it just sort of naturally came hand in hand. And the more you go out and socialize with people without alcohol as a crutch, and just bring yourself and be happy that you are enough, confidence is just a byproduct of that. That's been one of the best things for me, like I feel so confident now to go out. And I realized that I was getting social anxiety before nights out. And I never thought of myself as someone who was socially anxious. But I definitely would have been using alcohol, like you said, for confidence so that's a brilliant thing to overcome and like to feel better in yourself and better what you're bringing to people yeah absolutely
0: I feel like you know it's easier said than done me me saying "Oh, come to a social you know you'll have fun but some people actually think well and and I certainly used to think oh there's a massive group of people there I wonder what they'll be like you know do I have to speak you know am I going to get called out of the crowd what are we doing you know there are so many different questions but it's such a relaxed atmosphere you know Um, everyone's so welcoming and uh, everybody just wants to have a nice time everyone's there for the same reason so yeah it's just about knowing that there is no judgment in that room and nobody has to speak it's not it's you know it's it's not like an experiment or a super experiment or anything like that it's it's just about you um showing up as authentically you and getting appreciated by everyone around you exactly for exactly the person that you are in that moment
1: yeah I joined like a cold swimming community last year and it's sort of like same kind of ethos like people are so open and you know it's nothing to do with alcohol people are turning up at seven in the morning meeting to go and Going a cold lake and the breath work goes hand in hand with that and it's just finding these other ways to be among people isn't it and it can be like a bit intimidating at first but we have to push through discomfort with anything new don't we and what can be at the other side of that would be amazing when you push yourself out of your comfort zone
0: exactly like if you're trying anything new for the first time just know with practice it will get better just like when I experienced Agrophobia. I couldn't go outside for the first time, but over time, I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it until the point where I felt comfortable to do so. Obviously, that's a very extreme, um, you know, ex- example, but uh, it's just like working a muscle, isn't it? At the gym, you know, the, the yeah. more you go to the gym, the more that you work out, the stronger that muscle will become. So it's just about persistence, I guess, and just you knowing the side of that will you'll, you'll get the fruits of, of the of your labor, essentially.
1: Yeah, exposing yourself to that situation and just knowing anyone that's listening who wants to try it, you're definitely not on your own.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, so last question. What is your go-to song or songs that always just boost your mood and lift your day? Ooh, okay. That's a really good question. Do you know what? So
0: I tend to not listen to songs with negative lyrics in them because essentially they are subliminal messages or they they're affirmations essentially if you're singing along to that song if you're listening to a song that's saying oh my 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 girlfriend left me I feel sad you're affirming that you feel sad right so I mean not to go too deep into that but I would just listen to anything absolutely anything I have a very eclectic Spotify playlist and Honestly, I would, I would listen to anything with uplifting beats, <laughs> anything that has positive lyrics in it, just yeah. anything at all, really. Generally, I would say I'm partial to a bit of like Elton John. I feel like he's quite uplifting. Oh, nice. <laughs> it sounds, I know that sounds really old oh,
1: a bit school. Of Elton. Yeah, a bit of Elton. Anything feel good? Well, I w- I've got a playlist, so I will put some Elton on the playlist for you. <laughs> Ooh, amazing. Thank you. And um, where can people find you if they want to see more of you and your work online?
0: Oh, yeah. So you can find us at Sober Social UK on Instagram, or alternatively, if you want to add me, my personal Instagram is Amy Proudfoot underscore. And yeah, you can find us on there. We literally are in the process of sorting our website out at the moment. But if you go on our page on Instagram, you'll find all the event details. You'll find all of the practitioners on there. If you ever want to know anything about Sober Social or you just want to chat to us, be part of the community, then just reach out. Honestly, we are all ears and we have a really beautiful community that is waiting to welcome you.
1: Wonderful. Thanks so much, Amy. I look forward to seeing more from you and Sober Social. And I'll have to get along to one of your next events. Oh, thank you so much for having me on I really appreciate it I really appreciate your time and
0: your energy is very infectious um oh, so, yeah yeah I hope to to speak to you soon it's been lovely to to be on thank you
1: really nice thank you Amy I'm glad we could chat at last and doing amazing work so very excited to see what 2023 has in store for Sober Social thank you um, thank Amy take, take care you. Bye. Bye so there you go that was amy how lovely is amy i really hope you enjoyed that and found it useful if you are thinking about taking a break from drinking or you're just curious about the kind of work that sober social are doing and i really enjoyed it it was a great chat and i hope you have a good January and you're going all right with your New Year's resolutions. I am going on a retreat in Mexico, so it's going to be a few weeks until the next episode, but going to be back with a really good one. So look after yourself and I'll speak to you very soon.